concept for EPAR trade is basically, in my opinion, there's a big hole in the internet. So the internet started many years ago, but there's never been an online business community for racers on the World Wide Web. The need for EPAR trade is actually quite obvious. Basically, people in the business of auto racing need a place online to hang out and get their problems solved. It's extremely simple for a buyer or for a supplier to interact on the platform. The first thing you need to do is sign in, which is free. And the second thing is when you see a product that you're interested in, all you need to do is click on request more information. If it's a company, you click on request more information. And then from there, it is forwarded directly to the buyer or to the supplier. You can go to epartrade.com, you become part of a community of businesses in racing and it makes uh, sourcing products much easier than just on the internet or using Google. At epartrade there is no e-commerce, it's literally a connection just like at a trade show. So now, any time of the year, a buyer could reach out to a supplier through an email. More than that, it's a place to go just to keep current every day. So it's a good place to start your workday in your racing business or in your offices of your professional race team. And you know you're current when it comes to new technology, industry news, technical papers, technical videos, all of that and more. We're not looking for a million hits per day. All we want is people who are really the volume buyers of racing products in the racing industry to be part of the little world of EPAR trade. We have racing businesses participating from around the world. So you get suppliers from around the world, you get buyers from around the world. EPAR trade really eliminates having to travel, closing down your shop. Now you have a place to showcase globally your racing product and technology. Good morning from California. I am Francisque Savignan, the founder and CEO of EPAR trade. Welcome to Race Industry Now, the technical and webinar series from ePortrait presented to you by ARP. With me this morning is Julie Kim, the co-founder of ePortrait and a man who does not need any introduction, Mr. Jeff Hammond. And uh, how are you guys doing today? Good morning. Good morning. Um, Jeff, how are you? I'm doing well. Hope y'all are. Last minute lighting adjustment, sorry. <laughs> we thought we lost you for one second. So, uh, uh, well, I turned, the, I turned the switch off. I wanted to put a scare into you, Francois. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, excellent. Very good. We're glad you're here with us, uh, Jeff. So today, we are going to be traveling to the UK. Our very good friend, Chris Sellett, who is going to be joining us any second, uh, has assembled a panel uh, from uh, a group of great UK companies. Chris is the CEO of the Motorsport Industry Association. We have worked with Chris for over 20 years, uh, 18 of them, I know, at PRI and uh, more than 20 years, you know, in three or four with, uh, with the portrait. So I am getting a signal from a producer that uh, uh, Chris is going to be joining us and uh, in one second. And so we're going to bring him and he's going to tell us, you know, a little bit more about the panel today. <laughs> How have you been? Well, I'm, <clears throat> I'm pretty good, thanks. I feel like Jeff Hammond there that uh, I was out in the ether somewhere. I knew I would contact with California someday and I do apologize for holding it up. 
Sorry, Francis. No problem at all. And so what we're going to do, we have a very busy morning. So Jeff, we will take, uh, I will let you take over with Chris and then we'll bring every speakers one at a time and uh, we'll uh, see you guys in about an hour. <laughs> okay, Thank Jeff. Thank you very much. And good morning, Chris. How are you doing, sir? I'm pretty good, thanks, Jeff. This should be an interesting session and try and bring America closer to the UK and the other way around too. Well, I was really excited about the concept and what we were going to do with you today. And it's really, it's an honor to have you on. And as uh, Ed Sullivan, you know, used to say before the start of his shows, we've got a really big show for you today. And today we really do, folks. I mean, we got engineering, we got cooling, we got braking, we got so much information. So, uh, Chris, I'm going to let you take it away and get your first guest in here because I don't want to be wasting time. And I know everybody is sitting on the edge of their seats wanting to hear more. Thanks ever so much, Jeff. So I'm going to call, I'm first of all going to just quickly run through a few slides myself, which kind of sets the scene, I hope. And uh, I'll move on to these straight away. Do I just press that? There we go, we're just kicking on to the slides. <laughs> this is a tough day today. Oh, it'll all work out. Everybody just always told me when things are going a little bit crazy and, and wrong, you take a deep breath, wiggle your toes, and it'll work out. Hold on a moment. Thank you. So there we are. I'm just going to start off uh, by telling our friends who we are. Jeff and the my colleagues that are going to be speaking are all members of our association. Very simple. We're the only interest international trade association and business network and we focus specifically on motorsport and high performance engineering around the world we have over 250 members in the uk usa and all around the world and collectively they do five billion what's that nearly eight billion dollars worth of global motorsport uh, we our, our aim is to build international business networks and find strategic alliances around the world and the usa is clearly our members major market opportunity and they want to buy from and sell to the uh, people on this uh, broadcast today and any friends that you may have. This two-way trade is important. So we want to hear from you listening into this or watching this to strengthen and build our two-way relationship. And that is why these guys have come together today. Just to give you a feeling of the Motorsport Valley community, Jeff and friends, these uh, statistics that you can see are current. And we've got, as you know, eight out of the... 10 Formula One teams are based here, and they're the big players around the world. Um, and they collectively are, are worth many billions of dollars to us. And I'm pleased to say even the headquarters of Formula One itself are based in London, although it's a NASDAQ quoted uh, organization. We export 70% of our business. And uh, we, as far as the number of businesses in concerned, it's over 4,000. And we, most important thing, as you'd know over your lifetime, Jeff, we we actually invest 30% of our revenues in R&D. So that's what keeps us moving ahead. A, a, pic, a picture of the geography of Formula One in Motorsport Valley. The whole country here is a relatively small nation, as you know, geographically. And you could say 200 miles, 250 miles from one end of that crescent to the other, and about 80 miles wide, 100 miles wide. And in that, that area, it's the center of Formula One and many of the supply chain around it. We're not just selling Formula One. These are the leaders in, in new technologies. And obviously all around the other areas are world rallying, uh, suppliers to NASCAR, as you'll hear. 
and all our other uh, specialist technology companies focused on motorsport. The community is a community of knowledge. They live in close proximity, work together. Uh, that's what makes Motorsport Valley. They have this very high level of reinvestment in research and development. And they, in essence, we race pre-production prototypes. So we're prototype racers and prototype builders. And you'll know across America, it's the same. We have know-how and can-do attitude of really talented employees. And they have this strange mindset, I always say, of competitive engineers who are always looking for the next challenge and always have to deliver their results on time. So that's their kind of bloodline, if you like. So well, I'm going to end by just saying we want to help anybody listening to do business with our members and our community. Just drop a note to uh, Madison Reeves at that address or, or go onto our website, the-mi.com, and we're happy to help you. So that's my presentation, brief and I hope to the point. Um, and I'm now going to ask our first guest, uh, Graham from Cirque Motorsport. I hope Graham's on here somewhere and that Graham will do so. Is Graham there to take this over? There's Graham Smith. So uh, over to you, Graham. You've got seven minutes to tell us all about it and take yourself off mute, take yourself off mute and fire away, Graham. Uh, yes. Um, uh, stop my video. Uh, okay, so um, yes, I'm Graham Smith. I am the general manager for Soap Motorsport, and we have four parts to our business: manufacturing, racing services. We provide race parts. Um, uh, our, our racing services is specific to uh, development and created with Formula One. And um, uh, yes, and we. You know, we, it's a racing service. So after each race, all of the callers from the cars come back to us. We, in fact, we're just being inundated with everything from Texas. And um, we service them down to particularly micron levels. We flow test them, uh, internal endoscopics. And over the last 18 months or so, we've been developing a program to bring this to the US. And right now I'm sat in Mooresville. Um, this week I've been visiting numerous NASCAR teams and uh, uh, short track teams and we have a facility just around the corner in Mooresville that we are literally beginning the building process of to hit the ground running for the new season and um, we are going to be also exhibiting at the PRI show uh, with the service rigs that are in-house uh, developed and constructed by Silk Motorsport and essentially this operation that we've developed with Formula One and spread out to many other series in the UK and across Europe um, I could name drop all the classes, but I won't, um, has essentially evolved into something that we've mastered as a, as a specific service program. And we want to, and when I researched into the US, there's nothing pretty close to this at all. In fact, the closest thing I can find is ultrasonic cleaning. And essentially the welcome and the reception we've had from the high level to the medium to low level teams in racing in the US has been overwhelming to the point where it was quite clear that this would be a huge benefit to the, uh, the racing industry in the US and hence why we're setting this up. Stage one is uh, North Carolina, uh, Mooresville, where we're at now with the process. And stage two will be Indian, and we're looking maybe to go further out to uh, California where there's a high interest there as well. So um, I have a short video because I know time flies by really quickly. I'm assuming it just shares my entire screen if I switch to another panel.
So I'll just play this short video for you. Can you all see that? Okay, well, I'll play it and see what happens. So, uh, yes, so essentially that is, um, you know, our plan going forward and um, it's going really well so far. The, uh, the, as I say, the, we, we've got a continued week of seeing teams. Um, we've, we've been to a company called SRR, which have uh, a base in the north uh, and the south. Um, and we're already doing business with them and numerous customers around them. IndyCars are sending us demonstrations or kits the full service kits on the cars and we're doing demonstration and data process in the UK for them and, and simply shipping them back until the site's up and running in the UK and uh, the US. So we're super excited about it. This is a huge opportunity for US race teams, racers and engine builders. And we, you know, that you deserve to have it. It's something that we haven't have developed over the years. And this is something the US will truly benefit from in protecting the engine, developing the cooling systems to last much, much longer than they do, reduce the fatigue rates, and overall, uh, uh, you know, have 100% performance in the cooling system itself. And um, in short, I hope I've managed to dial that into a short time, but uh, essentially that's that's as in a nutshell. Um, there's much more detail to it, which I can elaborate on other, other points and any questions that need to be asked. Well, what do you think then, Jeff? That's my first question. We've got something brand new. Very, uh excited about this and I, and I just wonder I was a question I had for like you Chris as well as for Graham is all of this technology that's coming around worldwide um, especially in being involving NASCAR is it because of our new development of our new car our new prototype we're going to see in the next year uh, the, it's got so much more technology than ever before is a lot of that creating some of the buzz in Europe as well as England yeah, the, the new gen uh, or the next gen uh, NASCAR, I've been sort of following the progress of that as the development. I know that recently there was a test at the Roval in uh, Charlotte, so we've been really closely following that. I think the radiators aren't that dissimilar from the previous seasons, but these will evolve as the car evolves, of course. But um, we, we've already been discussing with companies like SRI that provide, um, you know, I know that the uh, it's not specifically a spec part, but um, that they've been very helpful in giving us the information on the spec for these radiators, because we obviously can help with the cleanliness level of these. The, the most contaminated cooler you will ever see that is one that's just mm -hmm. been produced, even next to an engine issue failure or whatever it might be. New coolers produce the most contaminant, and we want to safeguard 
these, the, you know, the engine technology and the performance of the engine by reducing that to practically zero before it goes on the car. <laughs> interesting stuff, Jeff. There's certainly exciting. A of, very exciting. There's a lot of work going on between the UK and the USA, and you know, it's strange. We, I know, so many people on both sides of the of the pond, and we learn so rapidly from one another. But somehow we stay apart from one another when we go racing. And if we just get our heads together, you know, it doesn't matter what the vehicle looks like. There's a lot of technology that we can learn from. But and I, I really do. You know, I've got a personal interest in my friends at Circuit being a great success in America, and I'm delighted, Graham, to see you there. I know you've got lots of personal passion for various aspects of, uh, of American motorsport, and you'll indulge that too. So we wish you every success, and I know uh, all the guys, uh, you know. Thank in, you. And, and MIA has played its part, Chris. You know, we, 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 we got involved with you guys some years ago now, and this, this, when we were beginning this journey, there was a conduit for us to make the leap and, you, and MIA, MIA made that very easy for us to do that, um, especially on our first PRR show visit when we were just strolling the floor. So it was a wonderful experience and an easy way to, to connect those dots together. So thank you for the opportunity. Oh, thank you. Jeff will know that it's pretty easy to walk the show of PRI. It's not always- I appreciate everything. I really have enjoyed that. Looking forward to seeing more of you guys here in the United States, especially around Mooresville, not too far from the house. <laughs> we're going to be knocking on your door, Jeff. Don't 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 open the door when we knock and you see an Englishman there. Thanks ever so much, Graham. Good luck. Thank you. If I may, Jeff, I'd like to introduce Ian Gordon next. He's from a company called Evolution Measurement, which I think you'll really enjoy. And uh, they know full well they've got seven minutes max to make a quick presentation, and then we can ask some questions. So, Ian, I hope you're there and can come in and join us. There's then that terrifying silence. It's quite terrifying, isn't it? <laughs> so you know the time table here. Thank you very much, Chris. Go for it. Thank you very much, Chris, and thanks also to Jeff for inviting us to the uh, to the event. I'd like to share a few um, slides with you, if I may. Um, we uh, we are uh, evolution measurement in the UK. Uh, we're located in Motorsport Valley. Uh, quite close to Thruxton, if, you, uh, if you're familiar with the geography of the UK. And evolution measurement is involved in aerodynamic pressure and flow measurement solutions. And this presentation really focuses on the motorsport automotive applications. Uh, as you can imagine, aerodynamics is extremely important. Uh, it's used in a lot of applications around universities and in bridges and buildings and aircraft. But when we come to motorsport, we have an extra passion for this particular subject. And I'm proud to be the export sales manager for evolution measurement. So typical solutions that we offer, if you look at a wind tunnel, which we would traditionally associate with aerodynamics, then we're involved with the pressure measurements and also the accessories that you would, be in, that you would have in, inside a typical wind tunnel, whether that's for aircraft or for automotive. Uh, importantly for us, we're also involved in on-car measurements. And then we're also into things like multi-hole probes and rake arrays, where there's a, a label, level of customization that we can offer um, to our customer base. I'll just take you briefly through some of our technologies. So the, the famous EvoScan pressure scanners, uh, we've done extremely well with this development, uh, developed in the last four to five years. Um, and in particular, in, in the field of uh, places like Formula One, where there's a lot of aerodynamic measurements are made. Um, the most important thing for us is we have a very unique, uh, very compact, fast and accurate technology, typically eight or 16 pressure channels, 
And importantly, those are installed on the car itself. And then the um, instrument would be interfacing with the CAN bus for the vehicle. And the idea is that they're rugged and robust and reliable. And really, you're, because of the physical size of our product, you're making the measurement at the source. So you're as close as possible to the point of measurement that you can be. So in a typical race car, you could be inside a wing, uh, you could be in the floor, uh, or you could be in a duct or across a radiator, something like that. Um, but we're measuring and gathering data, which allows the, um, the user to map the aerodynamic performance of his vehicle. We're also a representative of an American company based in Spokane, Washington, called Scanavalve. And pretty much everybody around the world that's been involved with wind tunnels will know of Scanavalve. Uh, these are installed in the wind tunnel. It could be in the model or it could be in a full-sized vehicle. And then the typical scanner would be something like the miniature pressure scanner on the right. That's extremely small, as you can see, it's next to a pen. That's actually measuring 64 channels of pressure data at a frequency of up to 2.5 kilohertz. So it's gathering data very quickly, very accurately, and giving real-time information about what's happening on the car. And effectively, these measurements are used for correlating uh, the CFD work that's already been done before the model has been built. And then we, when we come to the EVO scan, that's correlating both the CFD and the wind tunnel, but actually in a track measurement uh, application. So typically, this, um, the MPS would be integrated into the uh, overall control system for the tunnel. Uh, typically, you could be gathering 10 or 12 times 64 measurement channels. So there's a lot of data that's been gathered. And then uniquely, this product also has features such as isolation and purge and zero, uh, which allows you to uh, simulate some different conditions in the wind tunnel, uh, for example, a pressurized wind tunnel, or allows you to do a zero before a run, or things like purging, where you would clean out all of your lines before you start a run to ensure the integrity of the data that you're gathering. Another company we're also uh, representing, we're working very closely with, is, is Vectorflow from Munich. And we offer in these products also into the US. And they offer a range of custom 3D additive printed probes. Uh, so these would be typically keel probes or an omni probe. Uh, sometimes you're spotting these on your race cars themselves. Uh, sometimes they'll be in the wind tunnel. And typically they're looking at velocity, uh, direction, things like pitch and yaw. Um, and that could be on a, know, something like a motorcycle, a MotoGP bike. You would have a, a pressure scanner. Which is, which is measuring something like 15 grams and about a quarter of an inch thickness. So really tiny packaging, uh, which allows you to get onto the machine without any penalty in terms of weight or, or drag being added. I'll give our MIA a plug. Uh, we work very closely with MIA. We get involved in a lot of, uh, lot of events. Um, it's a fantastic organization. Uh, we're, we're involved in the race school coming up next. And then right after we do the race school, I'll be traveling to the US, making a number of customer visits in uh, North Carolina and in Indianapolis area. And then I also hope to visit PRI during that. So please, please look out for me if you come into PRI. And then finally introduce the, uh, the most handsome fellow in our team, which is Alberto Villani. He's joined us recently as our USA country manager. Um, our company, as I said, is around five years old and manufacturing is from the UK. Uh, but we've slowly been adding uh, additional uh, countries that are important to us, such as Germany uh, and France and Italy. And we also now have hired a USA country manager. So our friend Alberto is located in San Marcos, Texas. He'll be very much focused on the USA market for all of our aerodynamic 
pressure measurement technologies. And then, of course, you can also contact me as well because uh, I have a certain passion for this. Uh, I'm based in the UK and, and always available to uh, get with our customers and friends. Uh, this is a picture of Southampton Wind Tunnel from just last week. Uh, we were playing around with uh, with a Formula One model in the wind tunnel itself. So yeah, please uh, please get in touch with us. Uh, we're open to talk about all kinds of um, aerodynamic measurement technologies, uh, both from standard product perspective, but also customization. And, uh, and we look forward to speak to you. Please uh, also follow us on LinkedIn. Uh, we have uh, we post a lot of interesting things on LinkedIn. Uh, my latest post was uh, a British electric motorcycle, which is going for the land speed record of something like 300 miles per hour. And uh, quite amazingly, that uh, guard gathered a lot of um, interest. And I think so far we've had something like 30,000 views of that post on LinkedIn, which uh, we find to be a very useful uh, a useful method of uh, communicating and marketing to our customers. So again, thank you very much. Thanks for inviting us. I hope I didn't take too much of your time, but uh, we welcome your uh, your uh, your interest. Real quick, Ian. I mean, I've got. Uh, I'm just wondering, uh, all your products that you produce are they open to like you know custom versions? I mean, when you're, it's not just if you come to my shop and I want to do something, you're willing and can. Um, come up with whatever measurement tool necessary to do that correctly is that what i understand yes absolutely that's that's correct um so we have a, a strong range of standard products um, but we're also very much open to doing custom versions and many of the newer versions of our products have come from um customer demand and we are very very quick to respond we're a fairly small team uh so we can respond very quickly to customer requirements and uh yeah, sometimes we'll get a challenge where we need to create a complete new instrument in seven weeks. As we know, you know when the cars hit the track, then that's when uh, when everything stops and you've got to be ready to go. So we work to some pretty tight, tight deadlines sometimes. And uh, it's a challenging industry to be involved with, but also very, very exciting. So yes, uh, custom custom products. And then the VectorFlow Pro. So will you be at uh, the PRI show? We'll get, we've got a lot of our viewers right now. They're all curious whether or not these companies, from, you know, all your companies, Chris, will they be at PRI? Yes. Yep, we plan to be at PRI. Absolutely. All right, thank well, you. Just, uh, Jeff, to answer, your question, to answer your question, I can't be honest. Uh, maybe each guy who comes on, you know, Cirque has already said that they'll be there. Now, Ian, we'll ask each one. But I would just say, that we have two North American directors, uh, Jeremy Byrne and Don Taylor, who you may remember, Jeff, um, and they're, they're going to be at PRI um, and they're there to answer questions and introduce you to these American, these UK suppliers of our members. But Don is also down at SEMA too. So if anybody wants to make an inquiry of us to say, I'd like to meet some of these strange people from the UK or the MIA membership, then we have two guys there who are going to introduce them. But they, we'll ask each team that each guy that comes on whether they're going to be at PRI Jeff it's a very good idea and so I'll move straight on to Alcon who is well known to America and thank you very much Ian really appreciate it thank you uh, thank you and, uh, Alcon breaks are very well known around the states in many series and I'm pleased to welcome Ollie Jackson from Alcon who has an operation in America and in the UK so uh, you may have used those breaks at some time or another, Jeff. They've been around a while, and here's Ollie to talk about them. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm Ollie Jackson. I'm the chief engineer for control braking at Alcom. 
Um, and uh, yeah, it's fairly new development basically within Alcon. We look after electronic braking systems. So uh, yeah, I'm just gonna spend a few minutes uh, discussing some of that. So I'll go straight into the presentation because I've gone a bit tech heavy. I hope that's okay with everybody. Uh, just to give you a quick overview for anybody that doesn't know about Alcon, uh, we're basically, we're a world leader in specialist braking clutch systems. Uh, we're a privately owned UK business. Uh, we have two sites in the UK and uh, as well as a facility in Mooresville. Um, it, Pretty much all of our stuff is manufactured in-house, only a few kind of sub-components that we buy in, um, which is kind of unusual in this day and age. But um, but the um, uh, the we have a lot of um, yeah, high-end applications, race winners, race winning customers uh, across things like NASCAR, World Rally, Rallycross, F1, as well as uh, all the different levels of GT racing. Uh, but, uh, but also on top of that, we supply uh, several OEMs. Uh, we do a lot of armed and military applications and uh, some kind of unusual specialist automotive uh, uh, applications that um, that probably aren't, uh, it would be too complicated to discuss here, but uh, all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff. Um, so to give you a, a kind of a general overview of what um, motorsport brake systems actually, you know, what your goal is with designing a brake uh, system on a racing car. Uh, typically they're very light hydraulically stiff calipers um, they need consistent uh, pedal feel and high performance uh, over the, the course of uh, uh, the temperature range and wear that they're exposed to. Um, the disc durability has to be good enough for whatever event that the system's being applied to. For example, in Le Mans, I mean, I've pictured the, uh, the Aston Martin GTE car there that uh, we actually work very closely with uh, Aston Martin Pro Drive to, uh, to actually manage to get that vehicle to, to run an entire 24 hour, the Le Mans 24 hour race on one set of discs, um, which greatly gave them an advantage. Uh, that was last year, in fact. But at the other end of the scale, there's um, systems like Rallycross where they literally only have to last a matter of minutes uh, and to, to survive that long. Um, but whatever the application is, they tend to have to work just below the thermal limit of the rotors. So, you know, you have to take into account that thermal mass. In terms of designing the calipers, we use um, topological optimization and basically give the, uh, the, the application a package envelope and then take the material away down to the minimum possible uh, for the, uh, the amount of stiffness that's required in an application. And, uh, and in that, uh, that situation, basically the art then becomes uh, being able to manufacture that shape. And, uh, and we're very skilled in terms of five axis machining and, uh, and complex geometry when it, when it comes to actually producing these calipers. Um, Moving on to my area of, um, of uh, the business. So as everyone knows, basically hybrid and electric uh, racing cars um, are gonna become more and more prevalent over the course of years. In fact, you know, they have been a part of motorsport uh, worldwide for pretty much the last 10 years. Um, in terms of uh, what that means for brake systems, um, regenerative braking that is generally used with uh, electric and hybrid racing cars means that, um, that the job of the braking system becomes a lot more complex. Uh, there's a lot of variation in both brake bias and uh, energy dissipation, uh, depending on the application. And, uh, and also just the simple task of specifying the braking system, you have to take into far more into account the, uh, the actual powertrain and uh, brake actuation method uh, that's on the vehicle. So, you know, it's, it's a far more complicated task than specifying something for, uh, for a conventional racing car, uh, which, you know, we're well used to, obviously. Um, in the past, uh, you know, Brake sizing is quite a simple task on most racing cars. Um, you use basic foundation calculations uh, for bias and uh, thermal ejection calculations. But with an electric vehicle, you need more detailed modeling that takes into account 
the amount of energy that's going into the braking system, uh, sorry, it's going into the electric powertrain, and also uh, how, yeah, where that, uh, that torque is being applied, where it's at the front of the rear of the vehicle. Um, in terms of the, the, the powertrain configurations, like I've just mentioned, if it's a front axle electric powertrain, then a lot of energy is being absorbed into the electric powertrain from the front, meaning there's less load on the front, more bias to the, the rear, and, uh, and there's a lot of, uh, of uh, complexity in uh, specifying those. But also, on top of that as well, you have to consider the actual use case of the vehicle. You know, if, for instance, in a, in a Formula E car, um, if the, uh, the, the regenerative system fails, it simply won't make it to the end of the race. So you don't have to take into account um, the, uh, the, the fun you know, for the, the vehicle to actually carry on running on its foundation brakes. Uh, at the other end of the scale, something like a Le Mans car or a hybrid car, actually, you know, if the, the hybrid system fails, there may well be um, a gain for running the, the vehicle to the end of the race, in which case the foundation brakes still need to be able to absorb all the energy that's being rejected. Uh, during the deceleration events that's not, now not going into the powertrain. So just to give you a, a, a quick summary of what's important when it comes to specifying a, a braking system for an electric or hybrid vehicle. Um, so which axle is being regenerated, front or rear? That, that's obvious. Uh, rear axle regeneration typically has less energy capability, front axle higher. So uh, yeah, that, uh, that name can be reflected. And in a rear axle regeneration, you can very much downsize the braking, but on the front of the, uh, the vehicle, generally the amount of uh, variation in, in torque that's, uh, that's seen, you have to be a little bit more conservative. Um, you also have to take into account whether there's manual actuation or brake by wire. The original first generation Formula E car, for example, actually still used the bias assembly and it involved the drivers winding backwards and forwards on the brake bias which then consequently limited the amount of regen that was available. So, uh, uh, so in that situation, the foundation brake system has to be more or less like a conventional race car. With brake by wire, you get a bit more freedom, uh, but then again, that's where it comes into the more complex modeling aspects. Uh, you also have to take into account simply how much energy can be absorbed by the uh, powertrain on the vehicle. Um, it's um, uh, obviously smaller battery, lower power. Um, the brakes will have to do more of the infill um, if it's, uh, you know, for example, in a current generation Formula E car, uh, there are certain circumstances where the friction brakes at the back end of the car aren't used at all because the regenerative capability is so high. And because the, uh, obviously, with it being a pure electric vehicle, there's only a short period of time where the battery is completely full, where there's no regenerative capability. So, which is, you know, hybrid car, for example, the battery uh, state of charge is always going up and down. So there's always a variation of, uh, of power input capacity that's available. And also, like I've just mentioned, the race length and operating modes, um, you know, as I said, in a Le Mans vehicle, it's, uh, it's a bit more, yeah, the foundation brake has to be more uh, capable of absorbing the energy, but in something like a Formula E car, it's, um, yeah, you, you can specify it to assuming the regen is functional all the time. Um, in terms of brake by wire, uh, basically the purpose of them is that you, you then take away the, the need for the driver to, to shift the bias backwards and forwards. And it, you're blending the, um, the friction brakes and the, the, uh, the regenerative braking capability in a much more sophisticated way. Um, the, uh, it also means in simplest terms that, um, that actually you can regenerate more because that, uh, that uh, is taken away from the driver. Uh, on top of that, it's worth pointing out that, um, that, this, um, that basically you can, on an electrified vehicle without being brake by wire, um, you know, the, the brake balance shifts are unmanageable. So, you know, you give it, get a lot more flexibility in terms of specifying foundation brake system. 
Um, so in terms of um, how brake by wire actually functions, what the purpose of it is, uh, driver presses the brakes, on, and this is an example on a rear-wheel drive um, EV, which is basically a form, current generation form of recar layout. A driver applies a brake pedal. The foundation brakes on the front are actually directly, directly actuated, so that the driver is still pushing foundation brakes. Um, the brake-by-wire system then measures that brake apply, relays that to the vehicle controller, um, the vehicle controller then just establishes how much of the braking it's going to do with the powertrain, how much of it's going to do with brake-by-wire. The brake-by-wire system then will produce the amount of, of brake pressure that's required, and simultaneously the vehicle controller will instruct the powertrain to generate the regen. And if it all works properly, basically you end up with, a, with the driver not being able to feel much difference between a foundation brake balance and the electronics. Um, the, uh, with brake by wire, you're usually fully decoupled. So as a result, all of those, uh, those basic um, uh, requirements of a, of a brake system then change. You, you, you don't need to cover the, the consistency of pedal feel um, and, uh, and performance. So you, there are more opportunities of uh, further lightweighting and optimization when it comes to the actual friction brakes. Um, in terms of our systems, this, this is our AACR1 system. So this was designed specifically for the Gen 2 Formula E car. Um, we ran it pretty successfully in its first year. We had fastest laps, pole positions, race wins. Um, it, it, it performed pretty well. Um, it was designed purpose-built with its own ECU uh, with dual CAN bus, so it's effectively plug and play. Um, it has, uh, which is unique to, um, to a system that's required for a, an electric vehicle. It has its own power source in terms of uh, hydraulic pump and accumulator. Um, and then it uses a, a servo valve to deliver that stored brake pressure to the, uh, the rear circuit. So it's as, as much as 100 bar and as little as 80, 80 milliseconds, although we can deliver up to 125 with the system. Um, it's also fail safe. So if the system fails, then it becomes a, a passive system. So it just passes straight through to the rear axle and the driver then is controlling the brakes manually. Um, so in terms of, our, oh, sorry, am I, am I going on too long? Yeah, you're over, you're over your lap time, I'm afraid. You're going to have to wrap up to be fair to the other guys. That, that's so, fine. Yeah, no, I've just, um, the uh, like I said, we're just ongoing developments, basically, in the technology of light weighting, but it, it's still the same core technology. So apologies for going over, over length. <laughs> Not at all, Eddie, but thank you for taking my call. Uh, you know, when it's, but Jeff, we've got to keep these guys, you know, sure. to a lap time. And uh, thanks, Ali. That was fascinating. Jeff, any comments from that? Any questions? Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I mean, Ali, you took us into the, uh, I don't know, 23rd century with all this brake wire and everything you guys have got going on with electric cars and everything. But I want to also address one of the uh, panelists that uh, our attendees, he wanted to comment on, hey, do you guys do just regular brakes? I, I, I wanted to jump in about that time. I said, yeah, they've been around for a while and <laughs> you should understand. Alcon is one of the top braking companies or brake combination organizations in, in, internationally. I mean, since we're moving into the speed of light stuff, but no, I, I know y'all have got a great product of racing myself. And a lot of people have won championships and a ton of races with Alcon brakes uh, all around the world. And you guys, you know, you can, I know you've got products for every form of racing, but you're giving us an, a really good glimpse and, and what's going to happen next and i think that's the other thing it's uh it's encouraging but at the same time for a little old simple mind i hear <laughs> for me is how it all works i mean i'm one of those dumb rednecks here in the north carolina region that my what i want to break to do i put my foot on the brake car slows down take my foot off the brake it goes faster but that's what you're essentially doing 
but your the car is assisting the driver. You guys have come so far, uh, it's it's unnerving. But Ollie, please address the fact you guys still make regular breaks for <laughs> for the grassroots all the way to off road racing. It doesn't make any difference. You guys have an application for it, and you're just giving us a glimpse of what technology is bringing right around the corner, or it's here today. I should say around the corner, but it's progressing at a rapid rate. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're a company of petrol heads. I mean, I myself, I race in the British Touring Car Championship. And, uh, and yeah, things are a lot simpler without all of the um, the electric technology. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, we pride ourselves. We're a, a company that, um, that specializes in niche braking applications. But uh, but also, um, yeah, as you say, we've, we've had a lot of success in different forms of motorsport, numerous world championships. Uh, it's not a name that everyone's always heard of, but uh, that's outside the industry. But I think yeah, within the industry, within the, the guys that know, we're a, we're a strong brand, definitely. Well, tell tell Alistair that Jeff is definitely one of your strongest supporters and he'll want brakes for the rest of his racing life. I, I hint that's the story really here, Jeff. But <laughs> yeah, it really is. I mean, like I say, I just, I just want to make sure I reaffirm that because I know there's a lot of people uh, that sent some questions here, you know, just wanted to make sure that you're there. You can find Alcon here in the United States. I mean, it, it's not it's not a company that's hidden. It's not one that's been, you know, uh, overlooked by any stretch of imagination, as you've already pointed out. You know, the championships speak for themselves and the race wins go right along with them. They're good regular Thank guys. I, I agree with you, Jeff. They're good regular guys. No question. Now, the, the final regular guy I've got for you is Richard Hull. And uh, Richard is from a company called Control. So thanks, Ollie. And Thank welcome you, you, Richard, and slightly overrunning our lap time, but you're going to speed up and stick to the lap times. Over to you, I'll, Rich. I will try. Uh, yeah, thanks for that, guys. Uh, pleasure to meet you all, and uh, thanks to the previous presenters. Uh, I have got a brief presentation to, to share. I think you guys can see that now. Um, so, yeah, we are control uh, race-winning telemetry. We, uh, we're a pretty young company. We were only founded in 2016 by our technical director, Nathan Sanders. Um, we started off with a, a 3G system, uh, which has quickly evolved into 4G and, and eventually we'll be moving into 5G as well. Um, our first 4G system we launched in 2018 uh, and it promptly won on its debut at Le Mans, uh, which was a, a fairly big mantle that we had to continue to fill. Um, and then um, since then, We've been consistently winning at places like Daytona, 24 Hours, Spa, Nürburgring, um, and Le Mans. And then in 2021, after some COVID delays, uh, we finally opened our US office, where I'm talking to you from now. Uh, we're based in Davidson, North Carolina. Um, I've been a, a resident of Charlotte for the last four years after never living outside of the M25 in England. So it was a fairly big step change, but uh, certainly uh, enjoying the weather a lot more than England, I must say. Um, so who are Control? What do we do? So as I say, we're a, a cellular telemetry supplier um, and we produce all of our products in-house uh, back in the UK. Um, and our flagship product, the, the TLMP1, as you'll see here, uh, is still the only uh, triple modem uh, cellular uh, telemetry device on the market. Um, we supply that device into a lot of endurance racing series, mainly GT World Challenge, IMSA, uh, European Le Mans Series, World Endurance Championship, 
Uh, and this year, actually, we ran at Pikes Peak, which was uh, a bit of an event, um, a bit of a challenging one. Um, but uh, that was quite an, an event we're working with Bentley. Uh, so like I say, our TLMP1 is the, the only multi-modem device in the market. And the benefit of that is means that we can be connected to up to three cellular, uh, different cellular providers at the same time. Um, so for example, over here in the US, we work with uh, Verizon, AT&T and T-Mobile. So if ever there's a, an outage on one of those networks, we can, we can jump to the other ones. But also when we're at certain circuits, say Daytona, um, we find that you know Verizon could be good in one section, but then AT&T or T-Mobile might be better in another. Um, and thanks to a piece of software that we developed ourselves called Shorepath, we can uh, jump in real time between each network uh, without dropping any data or, or anything. Um, so we, we score each connection um, in real time and we will transmit on whichever network is providing the best service at the time. And so it's a, um, it ensures that we can provide sort of 100% uh, coverage throughout the lap um, and certainly do at places like Daytona and at the Nürburgring, uh, which is notorious for being a challenging circuit. Uh, we are able to, uh, to provide, I think it's 99.1% circuit coverage. Um, but thanks to our backfilling capabilities, we can complete, uh, provide the entire lap's data um, over the course of the lap. And then some of the other things that we've developed in-house that uh, differentiates us from the competition is our ability uh, to do better data sequencing, um, deduplication and, and compression. So we're able to really maximize the throughput of data from the car back to the pits. Um, so we can, we can really compress the data that we transmit um, and transmit that much more uh, back to the team. Um, then moving on from that, we had, so how do people receive the data is another big part. Uh, quite often at a lot of, certainly in a lot of European circuits, there's, there's internet provided at the circuit. Um, so people can use um, the internet there. And then through our VPN uh, server, you can then download the direct data directly from our cloud server, directly into your data viewer of choice, whether that's Windarab, Toolbox, i2, uh, and even uh, McLaren's Atlas software. Um, and then if the internet of the circuit isn't the most reliable, we can also use our devices in a more of a peer-to-peer -peer relationship where um, we use one of our, our smaller devices as a basically as a receive modem and you receive the data uh, directly from that into, uh, into your data viewer to make it as peer-to-peer -peer as you possibly can. So the big thing as well is the fact that you, because we're using the local cellular network, the infrastructure requirements are minimal. Um, you've got the device on the car, um, then you've got either an internet connection or the device in your pit stand. So you, the, the requirements from setting up masks and all these sorts of things is, is fairly minimal. <clears throat> and then moving on from that is um, the fact that we also have an exceptionally high a level of security. Um, so thanks to our parent company, which is a company called Westbase, who are industrial, um, connectivity supplier in the UK. Um, they have their very own APN, which is an access point name, um, which a now private network uh, allows us access to this very secure platform. Uh, and they currently work with uh, several of the national lotteries, even though none of us ever get a winning ticket. 
um, many police departments um, and fire brigades back in the UK and across the world. So not only is our data uh, exceptionally fast, but it's also exceptionally secure. But one of the things I wanted to talk about today, um, off the back of, uh, off of the back of COVID, uh, of which I uh, spent a large time being disrupted by, is our global data distribution services. So a big part of what we're we're moving forward with, and and as people have have learned, and as we are doing today, uh, working remotely and communicating remotely, is a lot more uh, straightforward than we once thought. Uh, and thanks to our global distribution, global data distribution services, we can present data anywhere in the world thanks to our cloud server. So we have teams uh, at the track and then you can have engineers working from anywhere. Uh, one of our suppliers um, earlier in this season during the Asian Le Mans series didn't have to send a single engineer to Abu Dhabi in Dubai. They managed the whole program um, from their factory in the UK in Motorsport Valley, just to use one of Chris's favorite terms. Um, and so they were able to manage the whole, whole, uh, all four events remotely um, without having to send anyone to the track, greatly reducing the cost, but also the carbon footprint uh, of, the, of the companies. And because at the end of the day, the car running around the track is probably the smallest part of the, uh, of the carbon footprint of a team. So um, yeah, being able to reduce that and also obviously dramatically reducing the costs, certainly in these days where everywhere you go, you've got to have about 8 billion um, COVID tests and things stuck up your nose. So nicely to reduce that as well. Um, so yeah, that is a brief snapshot of uh, control. Um, like I say, we're a young, uh, young business, but we've established ourselves here in the US working quite closely with, with uh, teams in IMSA and, and GT World Challenge. And um, yeah, I'd like to open it to any questions if there are any. Thanks, Richard. Well, I've got one question. That will you be at PRI? I will be. We haven't got a booth. Uh, my marketing budget won't quite stretch to that just yet. Uh, but I will certainly be there in person walking the show. We'll link up with uh, Richard, uh, with Don Taylor and uh, Jeremy Byrne. With of course. Head and we'll somehow or another make some contacts for you. And I'm sure that applies to uh, anyone else who wants to. I'm pretty certain Alcon will be there. And yep. Jeff... PRI show is pretty important for these guys, isn't it? You're on mute, Jeff. Um, sorry about that. I didn't want anybody to hear me clear my throat. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, the, the PRI has always been a place where, you know, the NASCAR racers have gone uh, at, in the past to be able to make sure they, they know and understand the modern technology. I think that's one of the other things that I love so much about Epartrate is that you know, it gives access to companies like Richards and your your organization, Chris, also over in Europe uh, and in England, because, you know, you're we're accessed and hooked up 24 seven, 365 days a year. But PRI is a great opportunity to go out there and go face to face uh, at least once a year and, and be able to have an opportunity to shake some hands, which maybe by today's standards is not as uh, well received, <laughs> but it's still it's still necessary. You know, what I'm saying it's really the right way to do business. Uh, have an opportunity like we are doing here with this Zoom call. I, I get a chance to see Chris. You're over in England, and, and Richard, you're right down the road here. Uh, I'm I'm amazed right now how many uh, people have snuck in to North Carolina from around the world to be in the Mooresville area. It's a little bit like uh, your place in your in England, uh, Chris, where you got that little uh, 
bit of race heaven. It all happens right here for most of the NASCAR teams, at least in Mooresville and Charlotte for sure. But uh, I, I'm I'm amazed right now that you guys are, have got this figured out so eloquently, Richard, that you're able to jump from one uh, server to the next in a blink of an eye. I mean, that's to me is what I, I think blows my, I would have thought, you know, all of a sudden you lose service and you got to call somebody to tell somebody that you need to turn this other switch. Well, I could take, you know, one lap, it could take 10 laps, but the way you make it sound, it's almost instantaneously. Yeah, exactly that. Uh, so we work with a, the, the big advantage we have is that it's a global platform as well. So it's not just that in the US we have AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile. When you pop up to Canada as well, uh, we have access to three networks there. And then um, across the world, uh, so for example, the World Endurance Championships in Bahrain this weekend, um, we have access to a few of their, their networks there as well. Um, and so when teams race around the world, they can literally go, right, okay, I'm here. Right, these are the three networks for this region. I will jump on them and then, and then, yeah, depending on the coverage, it can do it itself and, and all in real time. Yeah, can I ask what a question, Richard? Can you name some teams that use your technology now? There's nothing like being uh, confident and telling our American friends who... who um, I can't probably... There's probably non-disclosure agreements in there or somewhere, but uh, oh we have... We had 65% uh, of the Le Mans 24-hour grid. Uh, it was a pretty big number. Uh, I think we have over 80% of the European Le Mans series. Uh, the majority of GTD it's in IMSA and a few of the LMP2s and a couple of the DPIs. There's a few cars around there knocking around with our logos on. So that probably gives it away. Uh, certainly, the, um, the, it, was quite, it was quite a nice moment at, uh, at the beginning of the year to see the number 48 DPI at, uh, at the 24 hours, proudly brazing the, uh, the Control C logo on the side of the car. Um, so That's yeah, good. no, we, we've, got a, we've got a good, good, uh, good field base now. Jeff, have you got any more questions of Richard? I, I'm, I might move on to asking you a couple of questions before Francisca pulls the plug on us. Yeah, I'd like to do the same thing, Chris. Richard, really uh, do appreciate it. And uh, like I say, I literally, have an office there in Mooresville and don't live that far from where you are. Hopefully might be across paths sometime because to me, this modern technology, I mean, technology in general, uh, I, I love to learn more about it. Some of it I don't understand, but the only way you're ever going to understand it is talk to the people who really live with it. You know, that's the main thing. So again, we appreciate you coming on and uh, making everybody aware of what's available uh, internationally, but also Right here in my backyard. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff. It, no, thank it, it, you. Thank you for and thank, thank you, Rick, for that. Really appreciate it. Jeff, it intrigues me to how can we make uh, our two communities closer together? I mean, uh, I know that you know, the disease has got us all screwed up, but somehow mm -hmm. we've got to get these. I love the way it's press the flesh and walk the walk and talk the talk. You know, we've got to somehow keep getting our communities together. I'm quite keen on trying to get some American guys over to Motorsport Valley, I don't know, maybe after Christmas into the new year or something. I, I, I think we, we used to visit Charlotte quite regularly. We got government support for that. Uh, the government's kind of screwing around with lots of other things right now, <laughs> but they'll probably, they'll probably wake up and say there was good business to be done there. How do we get our communities to meet other than through e-par trade? I'll just say that before we get the advert going. 
I think I think the thing is, is, is what you're talking about and touching on uh, may just be, you know, trying to come up with maybe a group who would like to come over and tour those events. I mean, people who can who can represent uh, our sport and whatever level we feel like and you think that these your associates can all benefit from because I mean this is what it's all about is it, some of these companies we don't know what's available and now yeah. we get exposed to them now we can get interested but there's a lot of us that want to feel it and touch it and see it before they really invest in it you know what I'm saying and yeah, I think yeah. anytime when you have as many organizations in that short in, in a, a very relatively small area it's easier to do and if these companies would open their doors and say hey that's great uh even if it means you know you need to qualify with a covid shot you need to be willing to do this you know there's a lot i'm sure people would have already done and would be willing to do to be exposed one-on-one -on -one, you know over there in england in particular and at the same time making sure that we have a two-way if you come here to mooresville where do you want it where do you guys want to go I mean, where yeah. were the people that are representing uh, your organization? Where would they like to visit? And you make a list, compare them, and then all of a sudden we just, you know, we, we pull the trigger. Yeah, I think, you know, Jeff, we can sit around waiting for our governments to send us a few dollars, but uh, we, we need to get our act together. And I certainly I certainly would say, and I invite you completely and the guys at EPAR Trade, you want to put an EPAR Trade gang visit over here for a few days, a week, well, I, I can promise you we've done it in the past. We'll do it again. Technology is moving so fast, so fast, that mm -hmm. you guys have got to see what's happening over here. And similarly, I guarantee you a visit to Charlotte and Mooresville is an absolute winner. We've done them over many years. And I think we should squeeze uh, Francisque and Judy and say, come on, we want to run some, <laughs> run some business tours to our two nations. Yep. I agree. I mean, that's what we're all about. I mean, and that's the thing that I spent my entire career as a competitor or on television. And why I am with ePartrate is because it's a continuation of let's get the word out. You know, we love racing. We want to be able to, uh, you know, be a part of the future of this sport because it's an international sport. I mean, if anybody uh, that's a true racer doesn't get excited about Formula One, it doesn't get excited about World Rally, don't get excited about IndyCar, then you're not a true racer. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I get excited because I got the Snowball Derby coming up here, you know, before too much longer. It's all about, I don't know, I think it's all about the roar. I really do. It's the roar of the engines and the fact that we we want to, you know, it's like go where we've never gone before. You know, what yeah. did you say earlier in your, in your presentation? It's that challenge. What is the next challenge that we're going to sit for ourselves? What's the next goal? Um, we, we haven't stopped yet in the sport. I'm talking about all of motorsports continues to push back what we thought was the barrier. The line will never be crossed. Pretty good stuff, that, Jeff. And do you know something? I fear that somebody's going to throw us out now. I have a feeling this, this guy, Francisco, is going to come in and stop these good messages and tell us we've run out of laps. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, what he's good at doing, if you don't watch him, he'll pull the plug out of the wall. <laughs> he's Francis, done that before. Uh, uh, is, this is this the checkered flag for Jeff and I? Come on, this is not fair. Or is it the white flag? Which is it? We need to know how hard to race back to the line. <laughs> well, well, we'll have you back soon, Chris. That's the good 
you know, in, a, in, in about a month from now, we'll be uh, uh, producing the second annual online race industry week, five days, 55 hours back to back, and Chris will be back. And so, and of course, Jeff will be back as well. And uh, no, what, what a great session, you know, it's uh, usually we give the full hour to one supplier, you know, we have done 120 something episodes like that. But when Chris thought, let's do a little sample of, you know, what's going on in the UK with new technologies, etc. We said, absolutely, let's do that. And, and personally, I've worked with international markets and Chris in particular for decades. And uh, I'm a big, you know, uh, uh, you know, admirer of, you know, all the tech that's coming out from, from the uh, motorsport valet world. And so, uh, so thank you for putting the panel together, Chris, today. Can I ask one question? Yes. Either Judy leads it or you lead it. But come on, uh, EPAR trade tour to UK Motorsport Valley sometime next year. I know Judy loves the idea of traveling to the UK. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm on. Oh, wow, she said it. <laughs> Great. It's out there. Okay. No, okay. We'll go, I think we'll go back to you know the regular travel. I mean, I, I used to live in airplanes. <laughs> you know, I used to travel overseas pretty much every month. Uh, you know, I don't remember the last time I've been in an airplane, but yeah, it's time to, to, to go back on the road. And, and, uh, in the meantime, I mean, this we're doing those webinars too, also on a weekly basis and the platform on a daily basis to offer a tool that's in phase in today's world to keep people connected no matter what. And that's that's really, uh, uh, you know, what has worked so well. So again, thank you for being with us today. The webinar has been recorded. It will be published and posted later on on the ePortrait platform as well as our YouTube channel. Next week, we'll be back and we'll uh, uh, travel again to Europe uh, with the NGB Token uh, Electric. We're going to have a double feature, uh, one in Europe with a company called Immersive that's coming with new technology for uh, high performance and racing batteries. And then we're going to come back to the States with the National uh, um, Electric Drag Racing Association with a special guest, uh, Don Garlic. And uh, so this is going to be a fun uh, two double feature, uh, double feature next, uh, next Wednesday. So thank you very much for being with us and let's go racing. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Francis. Thanks, Judy. Bye-bye. See, See you, Chris. Bye. Registering on ePartrade is easy. Fill out your name, email, phone number, and create a secure password. Next, select your business type. Choose supplier if you're looking to display products or services and connect with buyers. Choose racing business if you're looking to find new parts and connect with suppliers. Choose race team if you own or are a member of a professional racing team. Begin typing your company name. We most likely already have your company in our database, which you can select from the drop-down. Then, enter your job title. Choose Claim Company if you'll be editing your company profile. Other members of your company can choose Join Company if they'd like to use ePartrade as well. You can view and agree to our terms of use here. If you'd like to receive our weekly newsletter, choose Accept. Click Register Now and your registration will be submitted for approval. You'll need to confirm your email once it goes through. To keep our platform industry only, you'll be approved shortly after. If we require additional proof of business, we'll reach out. Welcome to ePartrade.